plug in the earphones. Check the sound of settings, not that the one. Let me clean my lens. <laughs> there you are. There we are. Well, maybe clap. Let's do that. Yep. What are you going to do? Clap louder. <laughs> I don't have any sticks around me. What's happening in your virtual world? Virtual world. I played with Dolly today a little bit again, but... Played with your dollies? I played with my dollies. In particular, so you can't seem to share screens. Maybe that's the one downside of this. I was for ch- the best. chatting with my friend about having to wear N95 masks and like wanting a comfortable one and like how to eat in it. So I had Dolly make some images of. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Oh, well, dear, well dear, dear. The, the concept was I want like a quick open one, like obviously the ear flap thing. But like I was like, you know, those like nursing bras that are like quick open. Like I want that for a mask. And Dolly was like, you can't do this. Like it violated, I, I put like nursing bra as N95 mask and it violated their terms. And I was like, it do it again, so you're going to get banned. And I was like, oh. Uh, you okay. just violated my terms, I think. <laughs> They're really quite disgusting. <laughs> that one's got an arrow. They're really high resolution, surprisingly, too, you know? I know. Frightening. I just made the mistake of clicking on one and expanding it. Gets real big. Like the one cheeseburger, I think my favorite's the black mask one with the guy holding it. And it's, it looks like the burger has hair to me. Which I feel is, a little bit ill. Sorry. Sorry. I just, I just got out of bed and <laughs> had two sips of coffee. Are, are you a vegetarian? <laughs> I didn't know it. Sammy. Sammy. Yeah. I can do a, I can do a, a veggie burger next time. How's things for you? Just need to breathe that out. Good, good. I haven't been making anything that fun. Important word. Uh, good. It's like um, when I asked my wife how her day was, and she goes, "It was fine." I'm like, "Oh, really? What, what happened? <laughs> what was fine?" I've been chipping away at my default diary. Ooh. Making making kind of slow, steady progress. Doing trying to do the same thing every day. My two hours of quid and my... So it was impressive. Two hours of marketing and my two hours of random stuff. People uh, that listen to this with like normal nine to five jobs that don't own a business, you're like, what? How come they can't just do the same thing every day? Why is it so hard? <laughs> but yeah, finding a rhythm and thinking. I was thinking about that writing in. I think I, think I can only find that rhythm because I've outsourced enough of my job to... Yeah be distraction free for those chunks of the day yeah yeah so ben's really flowing with the production management role now got a good rhythm there sarah's taken on hr and sort of more responsibility with business management bigger picture stuff so she's cracking on and making decisions and taking actions on stuff and it's it's meant that i've yeah i've been left alone a bit more and I've had a bit more time to focus, which has been nice. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that sounds delightful. Um, I've been slack with my R&D slot. Still mm. not getting up in time. I think I've done about an hour of playtime this week. So feeling the lack of that, but yeah, otherwise it's been good. Not enough recess? Just You should relabel it. Re- enough recess. Do you call it, do you call it recess in, in like grade school when you yeah. get to go out and play? Yeah. 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 And call yeah. it recess. In the morning when you do your new time. Yeah. And then part of that has been that 
because I'm training John up on the pencil sharpener, mm-hmm. a lot of the little fun little R&D things that I was previously would have been responsible for on the pencil sharpener is now John's job. Sure. So making new parts or develop, developing new code for new products and bits and bobs. So he's been working away at that. Very cool. Oh, yeah. Just quietly making myself redundant. <laughs> I mean, Not really. sounds lovely. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty weird. Yeah. And I keep I keep sort of checking myself thinking this can't be this can't be real or this this won't last very long. Yeah. That, um, yeah. But, sounds pretty nice. I've had kind of a similar scenario, but it's only because we haven't had enough work. <laughs> like, yeah, hit a, hit a lull where there's not many RFQs, but we kind of tidied up all the jobs that are happening in the last week or so. And cool. I don't know. I half suspect this has always happened. This is part of why I get anxious about the job shop work being a primary driver of things is like revenue is there's just times when nobody contacts us, you know? Like mm. for like, seems like forever, but it's, I just sit there and I think like, damn, like why, why is this happening? But on the other side of that is like Ricky and I have been like able to basically collaboratively work on finishing up like the duck, the duck tower, the tower of duck and have our second prototype coming soon. I spent way too much time working on this tool tag thing for the mill room that I put on instagram mm, yeah. it's like each of those is a tag and they can like sp- they fall off spin so you can see it potentially yeah uh, which is kind of cool so it'll like mount up really? some giant magnets and it actually is like currently printing a 20 hour print of this that's one through 20 all of our mill tools yeah all i was at gonna once. say how many so you got this is 20 a test. tools in the mill yeah this is a test of five and i did some modifications and yeah spent it's cool too much time yesterday on that but oh, i'm a little bit jealous of your free time to be honest i know it's at the cost of not having enough work but yeah enjoy it for sure yeah it is it has been that and still it feels like every week we're joking you we need to dedicate a day each week just to like printer repair or maintenance or like something <laughs> really? happening where so we gotta fix it i think did i mention here that we'd ended up getting a second prusa I saw something hiding in a box, yeah, in the bottom cupboard. Yeah. We couldn't figure out at first where we were going to put it in the Ricky. We had storage down there, and we're like, let's just put it down here. And I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. So that's... So you bought another new one or secondhand? New. I don't even... I didn't think about secondhand, but we've had so much consistency problems that I I can't imagine. I now know how to, like, look at stuff when it comes in, test, test things to make sure they're in good working order, whereas the first one, I just put it down. I was like, go do stuff you know like (laughs) but we've had the first one has had we've replaced the motor in the last week because that was the why seemed to be having issues it's still causing a bunch of crash crashes where it thinks it's like hitting something if you have this crash detection on so it's currently printing like we've changed the nozzle and continued to kind of drop our time which is sweet i think we're down to four hours and 45 minutes now Wow, that was super impressive when I saw yeah. that. That's amazing. What the surfaces with wider nozzle are really, I would have expected they'd be far worse, like more stepping, but it's so smooth with that new arachnid slicing thing on cool. Prusa Slicer. So we've been stoked about that. It's really kind of changed what we need the machines the to accomplish. Yeah. 
So what was the secret to the reduced print time? Was it nozzle and it's, the arachnid thing? Arachnid seems to be a huge... Well, both. Both will do it because with the wider nozzle, you can... It's kind of like a 50% rule, I think, somewhere around there where 50% of your nozzle's diameter is your kind of optimal step down. Yeah. So by going up from 0.4 to 0.6, we go up from 0.2 to 0.3 in steps. And so... Yep. That only saved a couple hours, honestly, to change the step down with a wider nozzle. But the difference is the arachnid thing is for specifically our part generating the surfaces. It, they're so much smoother. Like we were thinking the other day, I was chatting with Ricky about one of them. It actually, it's so good on one of the prints that you don't actually see the Z layers as much as you see like, like a, a circular pattern of reflection. It's wow. like changed so cool. much of how the code is generated. It just sounds smooth and like it's just in that alpha build currently of Prusa Slicer. Akira actually yeah. has it too. They borrowed it from Kira. I've made a post. I can put a link to it. It's crazy how much it's changed. We were down like 55% where we were two weeks ago. And is it, up, I don't really understand what it is, but does it optimize sort of organic curves so it's just more efficient movement, a smoother movement? I think it's doing like, it's, few examples I've seen, it's a perimeter generator, first of all. It's mm. looking at how, the, you know, the voxelization or something and whatever the previous technology had a lot of starts and stops to it, I would say. And especially when you have like walls like this where there's an outside, an inside, and then something in the middle, it kind of will fluctuate. Even though I've designed, I modeled it consistently, the slicer like has trouble like going, oh, I'm going to make a consistent line through the middle of it. So it like yeah, we'll put little yeah. bits and like do a lot of scribbling back and forth previously, yeah. and that's like all gone, which is just wild. Beautiful. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that struck me watching Josh's one here of how oh, it's amazing how it moves, but yeah, how much little like <laughs> scribbly action it does on the infills. What's Josh's printer? Oh, uh, it's a Creality kit of some sort. Quite a large, yeah thingy. Yeah, I would definitely look into because both of the pretty major slicers right now, Kira, and it seems it's just shocking how different it is for us anyway, but Great. pretty cool. Cool. Mm, I was going to ask you, in, in your slow times, do you do you have any background ads running for job shop services? Yeah, I kind of always have. I keep it pretty low. But I am lucky yep. that our name is Portland CNC is like kind of what you Google already. So like I've made mm. enough of an SEO move that I get a lot of organic hits. I do get a few a day, probably from a few bucks of Google ads. Okay. Yeah. Cause your, yeah, your organic SEO game must be pretty strong. The amount of sort of stuff yeah. you publish and got share. Pr- got pretty lucky. Well, it's interesting. I, I don't think there's a huge crossover to people that end up on like, a blog post to like being our cust- like our job shop customer but i think it helps no trust you know like but it must it must help with search too right yeah for sure i think it's got to having something like, like that yeah 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 for sure so do you find google ads effective for that those few yeah leads? that seems to have been pretty effective yeah. over the years i 
I honestly forgot it was turned on for like, I think I have it to yeah. like $30 <laughs> a month as the limit or something like yeah. that. And it amounts to like one to four per people clicking a day additionally, I guess. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many actually convert, but it, the conversion actually happens when they get to the quote page. And I don't know after that if they, how, how far they get. So it says they convert, yeah, but sure. whatever. Yep. Do you do ads like that? Yeah. Yeah, we've been, most of our ad spend is with Google Ads at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, we, and pulled, we pulled back from Meta at the start of the year. We do both product and service marketing on there? We don't do any service marketing. Yeah. So we, it's, we have more leads there than we can deal with because we want to push the product side. Yeah, for harder. sure. We only, we only market product. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. that, you've seen that, do you have conversion rates showing on that? Like that it's what's working pretty well for you? Yeah. It's hard to tell. Like it's so up and down. Like one month is great with product and then the next month is terrible. So July was like really, really low for mm -hmm. us in terms of product, product sales. And, but at the same time, all the like Google analytics and the ad stats were really strong. Like we had heaps of traffic, we had more traffic than the month before. Yeah. That's always interesting. And right? Ad, ads were seemingly performing well, but the conversion rate was just super low. Yep. Like our conversion rate in Shopify last, sorry, in June was like 0.54, which is the best it's ever been. Wow. And then in July it was down to 0.17 super low yeah and we can't really work out why other than sort of economy and you know interest rates going up and those sort of sorts of economic conditions i have no answers and mm -hmm. all the metrics look strong in terms of ad what the ads have been doing but it's a bit of a mystery it's frustrating i don't think we've talked about this aaron i can't ever peg it to actually when it happens but for years and years I would comment to Aaron about like, oh, it's so weird. We just get these bursts of orders sometimes, you know, mm. and her, one of her comments I think about a lot was, well, let's say uh, it, maybe it was, maybe I was commenting at the start of a month. She was like, well, people get paid right at the start of a month. They're like, and <laughs> it, it seemed somewhat corollary to that. Mm. I mean, I can't say that that's the reality, but maybe it is like a weekly cycle where somebody got paid and they're feeling like, oh, I can buy something now? Mm. I don't know. Yeah, we've always had weird runs on products too. Like before we ever did any advertising, a certain set of shelves would sell really well one week and then like you wouldn't have sold a pegboard for months and then suddenly would sell five of them in one week sort of thing. It's like these weird little waves of popularity of things with seemingly no trigger, yeah. but something was happening somewhere. For sure. Yeah, that's uh, so weird. Just frustration about, you know, trying to build consistency in sales, particularly on the website of things. And then every month it's just all over the shop. And mm -hmm. we feel like we don't have a handle on that. Yeah. Well, you but trying to learn more, trying to delve into Google Analytics and Google Ads and actually learn, try and learn what it all means a bit more. Oh, I know what I was going to say about this. Oh, I, I, I think a couple of weeks ago I thought I was on a kick of like setting up ads, especially Google ads and I'd never advertised our online training courses on Google before and Facebook had basically dropped off to not being useful. And so I tried it and I I was typically I'm pretty intentional about where I would 
have ads shown, but since it's an online course for training, I was like, let's just try the whole world. You know, what, mm. what's it going to be like? And I watched <laughs> it for a week or so. I forget the budget I put in. It wasn't that high. $30 a week, $50 a week or something like that. And just trying to experiment, let it experiment. It was like, I felt odd to me, like kind of almost wrong. And they would just, it was like yeah. thousands and thousands of clicks super fast and zero conversion for all of the time it's been on. Like nobody has bought mm-hmm. through that. And I'm always just like, I don't understand why, why can I never figure out how this stuff works? Like I can keep throwing money at it. I can get conversion like crazy of clicks anyway. And then the money doesn't yeah. happen. I don't know. Mm. Frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, and I don't know enough about it. I think even if you're paying someone to help, it's important to sort of understand as much as you can so you can ask the right questions around that. For sure. Stuff. We're bearing the lead here. You have a new product. Bearing the lead. We do, yeah. My monthly product launch ambitions were saved by Ben and Josh releasing the clothing rack last week. And it was a bit of a mad rush on Thursday getting it all published and online, but we got there. Nice, nice. Jay was working away, getting all the Airtable and Shopify end prepared. And it turned into a real variant fest that ended up being 19 variants. We thought we were launching a simple product. Right. And then yeah. suddenly it was like, oh, but then you can do this and that and that and that. And suddenly there were 19 variants. Well, there were actually, there were a lot more than that. And then I culled multiple materials. I was like, this is too many to go live with. Let's just keep it to a single material. For now. Yeah. And we shot some photos quickly on Thursday, Avo, and got it online. And then there's crickets. Zero response. That's fun. <laughs> but it was in a week where we had almost zero web sales. So I yeah. I was trying to sort of remind everyone after the weekend not to feel like it was a flop. It was just like our web sales have flopped. It's not well, not that the product is no good. What day did that come out on? Did you announce it for sale? Uh, Thursday night. Thursday night. I've always had a hard time, and our markets could be completely different, I don't even know, but Mm. I've always had a hard time, like, the last couple days of a work week trying to put out products of any type. Interesting. It's like, there's almost too much of a rush for the weekend, and like, I can't think about this right now. I don't know. Maybe that's just my own personal side of it, but I have done enough reading that, in America anyway, from what I understand, it's like the... My understanding, the best day we can put out a product is Tuesday morning. <laughs> Thus is why we also do the podcast like that too, right? Like we did, we Googled a little bit and oh, thought that, that might be the case. I don't know. It might be different for you, but there's all this stuff about like emails getting buried, right? If you do it at night mm. and it won't show up, like you may just not see it in the morning, but if you email in the morning, it mm. might be the top of the list. And Mondays, people are also catching up often. So from the weekend, you're like, have a bunch of stuff. So somehow Tuesday, Wednesday yeah. is like the day that you Interesting. are caught up cool. for okay. the week. I don't know. You can try it. That's some gold insights. Yeah, well, Jay is funny because Jay's come from the sort of developer world. We often seem to be launching things on a Thursday, which is our Friday. And Jay's always like, don't. You never yeah. go, never go live on a Friday. <laughs> then you spend you spend the whole weekend fixing the bugs. <laughs> They're gonna love this part then. And we always go live on Friday. Yeah, no, 
good to have that product out. Yeah. Awesome to see another thing come through the stuff, royalty program, design uh-huh. thing, and they just keep coming. We've got so many on the list. Yeah, that's just awesome. Keep pushing along. On your website, you have, I noticed this before you changed your theme as well, you have this order today for dispatch collection in approximately one to two weeks. How yeah. much effort are you guys putting into tracking that kind of thing? Or is it like some plugin that you kind of does that it for is you? It's a little, little bit of custom code yeah, that pulls that five days, two to three weeks, whatever it is, that field from Airtable. Wow. Like live uh, all the time? Don't, yeah. Wow. But we don't change it all the time. Sure. It's, it's more like... Well, we wouldn't change it more than weekly or bi-weekly, depending on what the product is. Most of them are pretty static yeah, based on the product being print-on-demand. But with something like Kitter Parts, we might, if we, you know, we've got plenty of stock on the shelf of parts, we might change it to like two to three days. Yeah. But if we're running light on parts and we need to sort of do another batch of things that we might push it out to a week. Sure. It's one of the few bits of custom code which I allowed on the new theme because I really didn't want I wanted as minimal custom code as possible. Yeah. But that was one of the things that we thought is important for people to see. And we feel like that really helps conversion if people can tell. When they're going to get it. When they're going to get it. So we kept that. Yeah, it's nice. I'm just reading. I'm looking at your yeah, code yeah. right now. It's a, a div class of oh, lead, time in, lead time injected. That's a nice div class. <laughs> nice one, Shay. I love that um, Van, I never know how to say those names. Neistat. 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 Yep. Brother of Casey. Yes. Maker of 10 Bullets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he worked on it. Same narration voice as yeah. 10 Bullets, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. he worked for him at the time. It's funny seeing all the similarities in like style between it's very similar. Van's studio and Tom Sachs. Yeah. This stuff. That's pretty cool. Also, a Casey, very pleasing video. I thought. It's interesting. I haven't watched much of Van's stuff, but I, I was really into Casey's videos when he was doing all of, most of his posting. But it's like five years ago now. The daily vlogging. I was like addicted. My yeah. wife was watching that. We would wake up and watch those in the morning. <laughs> like it was just like that's, that's amazing. It, kind awesome. of addicting. Neither of us had ever watched any vlog things before. And yeah, just, wow. I was really inspired by the way he made video. It helped me. It definitely changed my thinking of like everything needed to be perfect. And like, oh, you can't have like a mm. camera shake. And he would like film a time lapse and then just pick up the camera at the end without like mm. a cut. And I was just like, oh, you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed them too around that time. But uh, I find it interesting. They both make videos and their styles are pretty similar. Van and, and Casey. And then also the Tom Sachs thing. So it's like somewhere in between they're like a venn diagram yeah i don't can't remember where i've heard it but there's a good interview with one of them about how they started off making video together oh okay the types of jobs they got straight out of the gate and how Mm -hmm. that sort of built up to the point where they were making videos for big artists and brands and stuff not to go too far off the Um, path there but yeah the thing that was interesting about I recently saw it was like some podcast clip. Casey, it was somebody was interviewing Casey and I'll probably find it here. And he was talking about how much it's just juicy stuff. That's like 
that, you know, we don't have these kind of numbers to share, but it was, he was like, well, you know, for a hundred million views on my vlog, I didn't monetize the YouTube because uh, I, I thought that. it was yeah. like an art project and like, <laughs> it wasn't worth it. He's like, and then I finally decided to turn it on and I made $6,000 the first month. And he was, and he's also saying he couldn't help pay for their rent in New York at the time. Like yeah. it was all his wife paying for it and they were supposed to be splitting it or something. And he's like, the next month, 16,000. The month after that, 60,000. And he's like, it just kept yeah. going up. And then the brand started calling. And I was like, you're making so much money off this. That's so crazy. Yeah, it's wild. But I suppose on the video, did you watch that five principles of organization? Mm, I enjoyed it. Yeah, Ricky and I what, watched what it here. What your interest in it? I really liked particularly the... It's like a thing I've I've kind of thought about and never formalized, but the whole like one hand, no stacking is like my favorite. And Ricky and I are both like, yes, we need to go for that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. What about you? Yeah, I used to show I used to show videos like that in staff meetings whenever I came across them, like things like 10 bullets and do easy, you know, five years ago. If I'd just discovered that five principles of organization video, I probably would have shown it in the staff meeting next week. But I've stopped sharing things like that. Like I might ping it to the Slack channel. Yeah. Like the the group chat. But I've stopped doing that in meetings and I'm just trying to think why. I reckon, I think I got a little bit tired of trying to sort of impart sure. cultural stuff. Yeah. like that and not not feeling like it had any effect like people would sort of appreciate it in the moment and enjoy it seemingly mm-hmm. but i felt like i was kind of sort of trying to push an a, agenda a cult an agenda or i was kind of a workplace dynamic of like oh look at this new lean video i found from pearson work holding look how cool it is and then there'd be a few little nuggets i think that would reappear yeah. that people had obviously absorbed and thought about but i just felt a bit forced or something or don't know i found myself not doing that anymore yeah i know what you mean it definitely depends on not to like speak to your team but just from my experience depends on the Mm. people i can talk about for sure ricky because he's here right now but i think ricky is the most eager to learn person i may have ever met like like he's always just wants to absorb everything so everything seems shareable and he's also just like the nicest person but he just is always excited about it too so it that makes it easy but yeah at times i think there's definitely been a justin's pushing too much concept at us of lean or something you know yeah i'm turns, gonna explore that further because that's turns, an interesting one yeah turns into like maybe like a school dynamic or something potentially maybe that's part of it rather than sort of peers sharing ideas I think, yeah, I think it's important to share those ideas, but I think it's more important to just lead by doing. And if you follow those principles, then I don't know, maybe it's important to talk about why you're doing that. But yeah, I think just doing is probably more important. We tried for a while when we had, it was like probably two months, was not very long. We, I had this thought, I think I'd seen somebody else do it when we had a larger staff was to have somebody share or teach something that they knew because we did have a fairly diverse mm. group of people and from their backgrounds and things that they'd learned. And it is interesting how Slack kind of supplants a lot of that, you know, like it is almost unfortunate because it's easy to miss. You can skip through stuff, but it is 
it allows like not forcing the old like meetings aren't great like it, it causes a lot of people to have to listen to one at the same time and it may not be pertinent to them and but yeah i like that idea of like it's not always the one person teaching you know I, yeah i've always loved that from i think i got that concept from fast cap yeah like a different person running the team meeting every the stand-up meeting every day or whatever it was Sure. I don't know that we've ever tried that here, but I really like it. Yeah. It's a cool idea. I kind of have like an anti-meeting, which we probably should get a little more formal about it. We just end up like chatting for a while throughout the day. But like mm. somehow like having a set time for meetings has never worked for me. Like I guess my regularity of everything is just I'll be deep into something and it feels like the wrong time. So it's like, how about later in the day? And then it'll be like either we do it or just skip it all together. And it's like, why did we schedule a meeting in the first place? (laughs) It's probably just me. I feel like, well, maybe, or maybe it's just the small team, you know? Yeah, sure. It's maybe if it's working fine. Yeah. I I certainly find great value in a structured team meeting at the same time, same place every week. We get a lot of value out of that. Constantly fiddling with the like agenda template of what we actually talk about. Yep. We don't really talk about production anymore. We used to kind of run through all the jobs in the system one by one, and that just oh kind of got to a point where it was a bit of a waste of time because everyone was either across the jobs they needed to be across or didn't need to know about certain things. Nice. Whereas now it's a bit more of a sort of, at the moment, it's a bit of a sort of big picture check-in of like business health, sales, because we're pretty much full open book finances now. Yeah all key numbers on the table for the previous week, how the month's going. Then we talk about, you know, any sort of production issues that need solving and bits and bobs, and we try and keep it to sort of half an hour. Because when you've got eight people, it's it's a lot of time. It's an expensive fast, yeah. Expensive exercise. Yeah, yeah, and we all drink coffee from the Makita Battery Coffee Brewer. (laughs) Have you seen that guy before, James? No, I've never come across him. Fantastic I'm, video. I'm a, I fancy, fancy myself to be a decent coffee maker, and he's actually Do really you? educated myself quite a bit on educated. I educated myself. He's educated me quite a bit <laughs> on just. He won like the World Barista Championship, which I didn't even know was a thing. It was like right, one of those things okay. where like YouTube just suggested him to me, and I was like, oh, click on it, and then now I watch every one of his videos. But he's just, cool. you know, interesting. I think Americans especially, we have this, like, myself included, it's like we have this. He talks just differently enough in terms of, like, the things he said <laughs> and the pattern and the, and the tone that it's, like, I don't know if it's easier to listen to, but it's just, like, more intriguing sometimes than maybe somebody, because uh, it's, like, yeah. I don't know. He's got a really nice presentation style. Yeah. I, like, he'll go from the crazy swing of, like, a $10,000 espresso machine to, like, Today, like this video we're talking about, we're going to look at the bizarre battery-powered Makita coffee machine, and it's like, he runs it off a t- the smallest 12-volt Makita battery I've ever seen. I was like, how is that even a thing? It looked like it was like three triple AA batteries. Um, and it's tiny things, yeah. But I found it entertaining. They're the little batteries that John keeps in his pocket for his heated Makita jacket. Yes, yeah. I thought you were going to say, at first, he just keeps a battery in his pocket for, like, backup. And I was like, man, yeah, you yeah. Just, just keep it warm. You're really keeping it tight over there, like butter. Don't <laughs> let them walk over to the battery chargers, huh? No, 
No walking. <laughs> no walking. Lean transportation waste. I was talking about seven wastes of lean yesterday, actually. Did you get a lot of like... It is seven, right? Heads falling down? No, nah, not to the team. I was, <laughs> think, I was thinking about it. I was remembering, I think it's a Pearson video where he talks about the eighth waste. Yes. I could be totally misquoting of interpersonal drama being the eighth waste. Oh, interesting. And I was, I had a morning yesterday where I was like, I have had enough of the eighth waste. <laughs> <laughs> title option there. <laughs> I just had had a frustrating morning of like just unnecessary drama. For sure. That's interesting. So I have in our fresh desk, I have a lean page for internal use. I don't think it gets much. It's like only for basically people that are new or when I need to remind myself what something is. And the eighth waste on here, I don't remember where I sourced this from, is non-utilized talent. So. Oh, yeah. I've heard that one too. The drama one I like more, but. (laughs) Yeah, I wish I could remember where I got that one, but I'm going to credit credit it to Pearson for now. There you go. So you're making epoxy river tables? Is that your next project? <laughs> uh, I would like to say I would never do that, but you can tell my stance. Dali, can we can we just uh, queue up an image from Dali of like a knack wall with epoxy Ooh. spewing out of the holes and like running down? God, what if it knew what a knack wall was? <laughs> Imagine. It'd be quite the compliment. Spewing from holes we'll see what that comes up with gentlemen enough with the dolly already they've changed it now to a credit system so it used to just be like go wild and i like hit the limit that one time early on which i did there was no stated limit but i hit it (laughs) they seem to have taken heed and they're like well we need to slow these people down so now you can buy tokens and you get a certain amount maybe every month you're going to have to start buying carbon offsets to like offset your server time entirely. Right. Epoxy. Oh, we haven't talked about it particularly. I have a feeling I know how you, how you feel about river tables and just that kind of like use of epoxy as material, I guess, is what I would say. And since I wrote it, I was curious what you thought, but I guess I'll give my side first. I, I, I think it's useful in terms of like, I've never done anything really like it. I don't have an interest in it. I personally don't like the idea of plastic wood or plastic being used in ways that it doesn't necessitate. I think it's useful to like patch and fill solid wood when need be, but not oh, yeah. just like let's dump 10 pounds of this and make a thing. And I'm not saying it's not beautiful at times, but my ethics override my interest in beauty i guess if you call it that and i actually don't really find it that beautiful usually look i think you know where i stand i'm i'm completely disinterested in, in it as a material <laughs> and just as you're talking i was trying to think if there are any exceptions to that there is a chair which uses kind of uses it as a material or it's it's walking that line between material and adhesive mm-hmm. by chris tamoya and I'll find a link for the notes, but it's this beautiful chair where he's taken, I think, Vic Ash or an Australian timber, and he's physically snapped these quite large sections of timber, like splintered them into a 90 degree, and then cast huh. epoxy resin yeah. to reform the corner. So it's this quite an elegant, elegant oh, chair I've seen with this. these yeah, yeah. smash joints that are then neatly molded with epoxy in that. I really liked. I thought it's quite beautiful. 
yep. it's a clever use of sort of an adhesive becoming a decorative element with these beautiful shards of timber sort of captured in it. Yeah, no, I thought I that, know exactly that, that I appreciate. You mean. Yep. That's an exception, but otherwise, no. Yeah. Not into it. Um, there was recently, I have a couple of friends that we have very similar feelings and we chat quite a bit of when something comes up like that, we usually privately give it a good critique. And recently, one of them found that there was some research that came out that said it's in a, in a way that hadn't been said before. There are some pretty serious mm. carcinogenic problems with off-gassing mm. of resin and in kind of all forms of it like after it's cured even and like sanding it, which is, is pretty obvious yeah, that yeah. that was the case, yeah, but yeah. it had never really been stated. I was like, all right, perfect reason why I'm never touching it. <laughs> I think the best, my best use case for it as an adhesive mm. was mm-hmm. when we were doing the big fiber optic artwork five years ago and we had all these Aluka Bond cladding panels that were getting wrapped around a sort of five meter column. Yeah. And we had about two two thousand fiber optic fibers that had to run down the column and then Jeez. come through the cladding through little three mil holes. And so we glued each fiber into the back of the cladding with this beautiful what was it like a Scotch a three M yeah. one of those little two pack little nozzle gun nozzle things. Oh yeah, yeah. Cartridge of epoxy things. Yep. That was wonderful. Really yeah. great product. Great application tool. Worked beautifully. But, For sure. Yeah. Obviously, there's, there's hundreds of types of epoxy resin, probably more mm-hmm. epoxy adhesives. My favorite is when they call it eco, whatever. Like there, <laughs> I think there's a brand called Ecopoxy, and I think eco resin. that's false advertising. I tend to agree. I'll sh- switch it up here from our away from our favorite thing, epoxy, to I've had a lot of good comments encouraging me for our choice to adopt to not shop no to what <laughs> that's a stupid thing about pets to adopt adopt don't shop for pets oh no pets change? are for christmas it's a kittens are for christmas tattoos are for life that's what they say <laughs> oh no it's about my ikea kitchen everybody oh, had yeah. a few messages about how it was the right thing to do and that their spouse would similar to myself that it's better to have moved that way than to have fought it for another two years and <laughs> totally. made a more expensive solution. But in particular, as I mentioned, Rob Lockwood and I were working kind of collaboratively on a thing. He, his first thing, he's like, I just, I just turned off my podcast when I heard you bought an Ikea kitchen. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> and he's like, actually, I just got to work. <laughs> I'd love to see what you've done with Fusion cabinet templates. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Get a room. Ooh la la. Yeah, we've we've had fun with parametric template building. That might be a good next one. Let's figure out a screen mm. share. I think where I will finally solve all of this, and I don't have an ETA on it, but I've heard they're working on configurations, which is like a thing that came from mm. SolidWorks and other Inventor? modeling softwares. Where yeah, I think you Inven- can, Inventor has that too. Yeah, you can basically. I don't even know how to describe it, but it will solve the things I'm trying to solve with like, is your cabinet left or yeah. right-handed or, you know, like, and it pulls in those parameters yeah. more dynamically. Cause right now that's, I was trying to basically hack my way into the standard way fusion uses that to make it work with like binary toggles. If it's yeah. zero, <laughs> go right. And it just, yeah, just freaking breaks every possible time. I think I had it and I'd, there was also, I might have said it here, but for a while, I 
I frankly call it a virus, and I think they've somewhat resolved it finally, but there was a thing mm-hmm. in the product design extension, which I don't think many people had. I had it because I'm in this influencer program. Select group. It was turned on by default, and I wasn't even using it, but it was removing data from your fields. When, say, you go to extrude and you typed in a parameter, <laughs> it would remove that information mm. and just put a number in. Nasty. And wow. so I was, like, terrified. It was just eating away at all of our files, and I think it's still there, and it was just <laughs> erasing it every time you'd open it. So you couldn't see your parameters anymore, and I was like, oh, my God, that's when I stopped working on the cabinets because I was like, well, I can't right now. And then I was like a month and a half ago. <laughs> my cabinets have been hacked. Yes, exactly. Frightening. Mm. Unlike what I'm going to do to them soon, pack them in a different way. <laughs> what are you doing for the doors? You mentioned bamboo. Yeah, like I think it's probably Pinterest. My wife and I are Pinteresting kitchens and just vertical grain bamboo doors, slab front. What were we going to do? I think they might have ledge poles now, but we were thinking about making them so you'd have like a pull from behind, but it didn't quite work in a few circumstances. So like a carbonized vertical bamboo ply stuff? Yes. Yeah. I think something like that. Nice material. Yeah. I like it. We, we were going round and round with, I don't know if you're like this, it's like, sure, we want to enjoy our house. We're not sure we're going to stay there for 10 more years. And I think in like the design community, we may be okay with like exposed edge Baltic birch or plywood, right? But the most people, like a slab front of Baltic birch, when the edge is exposed, it yeah. just doesn't really, that's kind of what we were thinking. And so we're like, I don't know, at least bamboo is kind of natural that way. Like it shows its edge kind of naturally. Yeah, it does have a nice end grain yeah. detail. It's nice to machine. I like it. It's really expensive here. I haven't done much with it because it's a bit prohibitive. Yeah, it's all imported here well, from Asia, I think. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I got invited to be a guest speaker at like a fusion open house community meetup in a couple of weeks. Sweet. And my immediate thought was like, oh, crap, I better do some more work in fusion. <laughs> Just Get like my chops up. Really like clunk. I can't figure out how to use this right now. Sorry. I've been using Rhino for the last few months. I can't remember. How does this work again? Do you guys have Rhino on this? <laughs> That's cool. Just quite the... Mm, that'd be fun. Just a little thing. The local Haas reseller, I believe. You're buying a mill, aren't you? Well, maybe it will. Mm. It comes with... That's your speaker bonus. They just give you like a mini mill. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I'll, t- I'll take it. <laughs> we'll talk about Fusion. Sure. Hmm. Not to do yours. I got invited to, it's interesting we have the similar timing, a thing in the UK for Fusion. They invited me for live sync up, I think they're calling it. So I need to book my flight today. That should be pretty interesting. I haven't been to the UK other than like flying through and haven't gone anywhere that far in a long time with COVID. So That was my instigation of making those stupid masks with cheeseburger. I was was chatting with my friends, like, what's the best mask for flying? You know, like, I want to quick take it off and, like, eat a cheeseburger. Awesome. Nice one. I hope that goes ahead. Yeah, me too. It should. I mean, I think I just have to take a flight at this point. But, yeah, that'll be fun. Mm, Awesome. Very cool. The UK is farther in time from where I am to you. So it'd be like more hours apart, right? No, no idea. <laughs> Good. I'm glad time, you also time don't zones know. Are not, time <laughs> zones are not my strength. 
<laughs> Wolfram Alpha. Let's see. On that riveting note, it's a good book about that, actually. Time Zones? I'm not reading that. It's called Longitude. I can never remember the difference between neither of those. Longitude, the true story of a lone genius who solved the something. It's a good book about the discovery of longitude. Time zones. Oh, there you go. I didn't realize yeah, that was my a recommendation thing. for the week. <laughs> oh, 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 I know. I'm glad I remembered this. Have what's, you or what's your can, recommendation? You, can you access the show The Bear on Hulu? Have you heard of this? Roar, I'm a bear. I don't know. Hulu's like doesn't exist here. Yeah. Doesn't? Ah, oh, damn. There's a very good show called The Bear that I watched in two days with my wife. And it's like it's filmed in a very unique way, I feel like. It's like a lot of one camera following around and it's about the chef and cooking in Chicago. And oh yeah, anyway, very good. If maybe people okay. want them if you can't watch it, I guess we won't talk about it. That'd be kinda of weird. But there are people that on, you know, your side of the world who listen to this, I believe. It's not all Yeah. It's not yeah. an exclusively Australian audience. So it'd be funny if it's just me yeah. in America and nobody else listened here. Hot tip. It was very Readable. good. I enjoyed it. It was very creative and I was like watching other Watch people's creativity in the, in their fields. Yeah, totally. Mm, me too. How did you go with your aluminium part? Oh, I was up very late that night. I talked to you trying to get it done. Maybe mm. that was the day after. I forget. It went well. I don't know how to describe it. It just takes me forever because I'm always afraid I'm going to crash things that I haven't set something yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I could not for the life of me, which I found out is actually just plain bad in Fusion. You can't, even if you set your fixed string, it's like fixed string in the setup. It doesn't avoid mm-hmm. it. No, why would it? It just tells you that you hit it in the simulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was using these clamps to hold it down in the corners, and I was terrified that I was going to just run through this these clamps with my tools. So that yeah. probably took me like another three or four hours of trying to get the cam to work as it should. So apparently there's a potential future solution there that they're working on. It made me really sure that I want to put a fixture plate on the mill because yeah. part of the challenge, I really didn't have the right tools. Like I really needed or fixturing. I needed to side hold this inch plate of yeah. aluminum and I couldn't anyway. I could buy some cheap things, but I don't want to have to take everything off down to the table every time and not have a way to put it back on quick. So, yeah, definitely I think we'll be calling Saunders at some point, and we got him quoted before, but now I kind of know what I want versus back then. I was just yeah. like, let's just Sweet. see what it costs. So that'll be nice. Yeah, fantastic. Well done. Clock that time as training. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll bill that to myself. All right, see you right. Uh, next week. Have a good afternoon. I'll see you then. Bye. Bye. You misspelled aluminium. Do you really spell it different? I thought you just said it differently. Don't. How do you spell it? How do you spell it? Oh, you really oh, do put yeah. another I in there. I just, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. These are kind of cool, not to extend forever, but I was trying to test the extruding factor. Say, like, do this little formula and you print spiral vase mode. So this is literally a single wall of filament and it's like super oh, flexible, sick. but super good quality you can kind of tell I, I don't know if the quality is good enough in these images but it's like reflective it's so yeah clean it gave me some ideas that's for sure. using arachnid spiral base mode and it literally spirals okay. all the way there's no stops mm. now i have these like stacking super blocks cool. on my desk <laughs> there's always like stupid things to play with that i've been like making for a while
and they just sit here. I was looking at my, my, I've got a little box of shame here. It's got some really Ooh. random stuff in it. Box of shame. Including. Don would appreciate these. Good little conduit cutter, torture oh, tool. Yeah. What do you think about that, Don? All in a day's work, you know. Conduit cutter. Yeah. You've got like real tools. Mine's just all junk. I guess I got a lot of fix, a lot of oh, hardware. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of junk. It's what, broken. What's on your desk? I've got some crossdell nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, project yeah. for my mom that I haven't oh. finished in months. I'll raise you. I'll raise you. Here we go. An RCA port out of a tape oh. player that I pulled apart 15 years ago. That uh, beats me for age, for sure, on parts of my desk. <laughs> that, it's already out of hand. We're, we're doing desk show until. <laughs> All, All right. right. See you, man. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you for being a great guest. Oh, thank you, Zencast. Does it say? <laughs> yeah. Mine doesn't say that.